Welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. My name is Katherine Canty. I am the host and an executive coach. I work with teams, individuals, and leaders to help create measured leadership change. We do that using practical applications, and our clients are creating 100% measured results as seen by those around them. Not necessarily what I think or what they think, but what the other people are seeing. And they are being recognized for the hard work that they're doing. If you're interested in learning more about some of the work that we're doing, you can learn more at KatherineCanty.com. I would love for you to subscribe to this show, to Business Vitality. This is my way to continue to pay it forward and share business best practices. Stay tuned and listen to the interview. Thanks for being here. Jason Wright, you are the founder and CEO of Intentionally Inspirational, found on the web at IntentionallyInspirational.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, I, I appreciate it. And um, at, just kind of at a, at a high level, do you mind talking about Intentionally Inspirational and, and the work that you're doing? Yeah, sure. So the name always throws people off. So um, kind of an abbreviated backstory on it. Um, about eight years ago, I was ready to quit corporate, wanted some control over my time. I, I just hated getting up early for work. Like I like to sleep in and stay up late. And I was like, God, is it really that unreasonable that I just pay my bills from a home? Like, can I just pay my bills on my time? So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And uh, I woke up one night and I told my wife, I said, hey, intentionally inspirational is going to change our life. And she's like, what is that? I, was like, I don't know yet. So I knew I was building something. Um, I didn't know what. Uh, I originally kind of uh, started blogging about quoting the nine to five, even though I hadn't done so yet. And um, we fast forward to now. And uh, what do you know? We're a niche marketing company. And the intentionally inspirational, like it was supposed to be a motivational speaking company to begin with. But anyways, digital marketing. And now I do get to speak to people in my niche and uh, I get to inspire them and I take the stage or, or get to teach them or whatever. So it's all come full circle. It makes sense now. All right. I'm going to I'm going to reference. You have a Cabela shirt on. I do. And you said you and you said you like to sleep in. Yeah. But I know because I know a few hunters. They can get up super early to go hunt. So yep. tell me, what, what you just didn't want to get up early for work, or or hunting's kind of it's a different game. No, hunting is the one thing I will get up early for. But besides <laughs> that, I'm not doing it. So yeah, for work, uh, I don't take calls before ten thirty. So um, I love having that ability to wake up and have some coffee and kind of figure out my day and do it that way. But yeah, hunting is one thing, uh, and probably fishing too. The fishing uh, down here is good. So. The outdoors gets me excited, so I'll get up early for that. So you moved from the Midwest, yep. which has good hunting, and down to the coast, so you see a little bit of fishing. So um, have you fully adjusted to this change in the in the temperature? And Yeah, I mean, the, the humidity, like when we moved in, it was 99 degrees and probably just as humid. It was, uh, it was pretty intense, but Indiana, as you know, can be just as humid. It can get pretty nasty as well. So I was used to it within like a week or so. Um, I'm not used to all the opportunities with fishing, like in the neighborhood, I can fish freshwater and saltwater from the same neighborhood, which is just overwhelming. I'm like a kid in a candy store. It's like my childhood dream. So, um, the South's cool. The food's great. The people are great. It moves a bit slower. Um, it's friendly. I've got no complaints. I'm pretty happy. I wish we'd have done it a couple years sooner, to be honest with you. That's fantastic. Yeah, you referenced that I remember Indiana and, and I grew up, I spent seven years in Indiana. So I remember that, remember the snow. 
and then living in South Carolina, just a big transition for me. So we're we're kind of neighbors now that you think about it. Yeah. You think about this big world. Um, and yeah, they do. We we move a little slow. And I know when I traveled, like it was always fast, fast, fast for corporate. And I'd yeah. come home and I'm like, whoa, these people really are driving 35 miles an hour. I literally have to <laughs> slow down. This is insane. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's like a good check, you know, because you look at yeah. your life and you're like, do I want to keep doing the fast paced, crazy stuff? Or do I want to control my time? Kind of like what you're talking about. And yeah. that's all in the background. You've got a little bit of HR experience. So yep. is that what you were doing before all of this? Or do you mind kind of talking about that a little bit? I do not mind. So, yeah, HR and safety and sales were the things I did in corporate. The thing that was kind of the common thread among those is all of them involve people, right? I've got great people skills. I'm an extrovert. But with HR, I got kind of uh, I did a lot of hiring. I did a lot of employee relations. I like the hiring better than the employee relations because you know, like anybody who's in therapy or whatever, I imagine it gets heavy hearing about people's problems. And my problem was I just got to the point where I was just like, what, what's the question or what do you need? Like, I don't want to hear the story. Just tell me what you need. And that's not a good fit for employee relations. So <laughs> I was like, probably <laughs> time to move on. So, <laughs> so how'd you make, so you woke up one day yeah. thinking about this transition. You yeah. told your wife, Hey, this is going to change our lives. Yeah. What's that process like and how do you even get started? Yeah, it's pretty hard because it's a hard sell. So I had made a little money in the past online um, back in the day when people used to hack SEO. Um, I would made a little money. A guy on Craigslist hired me to like rewrite a bunch of articles. It was like word stuffing, but I made like a hundred bucks online doing this for a guy. So I'd made a little money online before and I knew there was all kinds of things you could do. And I was just fascinated by the idea of like, man, I just want to wake up, make money from home and do it on my time. So um, I hadn't really looked at digital marketing. I was actually focused on trying to speak and create content when I started. But I quickly realized I have no audience. I don't really have anything to talk about. I didn't think. And uh, I learned marketing kind of on accident. So um, before any of that, I was I convinced my wife um, that we were going to quit the job and um, start a neighborhood magazine. Right. I was like, these high end neighborhood magazines are great. It'd be the greatest thing ever. And she's like, you're not going to stop, are you? Like, if it's not this, it's going to be some other opportunity. Like, this isn't going to end, is it? I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. So horrible decision. Uh, I thought I had six months of money saved up is about two. I went and quit my job and they gave me insurance for a month afterwards, which was pretty cool. But I went and bought a luxury car the day after I quit with no income, which was pretty dumb. So two months later, I was like, hey, we're, we're in trouble. We have no money and can't pay the bills. And I don't know what I'm doing still. So, um, yeah, it, it's and I ended up having to go back to corporate. So I had to quit corporate twice. But my wife's not the risk taker. She's not the visionary. She's like, hey, we have income. We have insurance. Like, don't disrupt what we've got. And I was like, yeah, I'm dead inside. We're disrupting it. So. That's kind of uh, how that how that started for sure. And you're still married. I'm still married. So if you made it through. Have, if she would have had a, a career option or, or something that she thought was viable, I may not be. It was pretty rough on the marriage. There was about two and a half years. It was pretty rough. And I try to tell yeah. people like I have friends that will say stuff like, "Man, you're so lucky!" Like uh, blah blah blah. Like whatever they think is you know I'm lucky for. And I'm like, you don't understand the cost. Like the cost to do big things can be quite serious. And that's that's an example of it right there. So 
you get out of stuff what you put into it but there there's a cost to everything yeah i feel like nobody really tells us you work hard at work but you gotta work hard at home too i mean yeah. you can't just come home and be tired and they get the leftovers yeah. a lot of the executive coaching that i do they realize oh wait a minute i gotta actually like who we are at work is the same person who we are at home and yeah. i can get guilty of it too i can come home i'm just tired and i'm like i don't want to talk i don't want to do anything and you got two people who don't want to talk don't want to do anything and you're just like yeah. what the heck's going on here yeah. um so yeah it's it's work everywhere and it's something that you just said earlier when you were talking about the hr and the onboarding and just the employee relations part is it is it's heavy so you said you're very good at, at making decisions of like what is the problem and let's make a decision yeah, and in handy. business today talk about it like talk about how is that just in your dna did you come to this overnight like talk about the decisiveness that you're able to offer it's in my dna so everybody's got strengths and weaknesses if you need a decision made now i'm the guy because i'm going to make one and even if it's wrong we're going to ride it to the wheels fall off so hesitating with stuff like that is not something i struggle with and it, it works out well you know where i'm strong uh my team's weak and where my team's weak i mean somebody else is strong so um, I don't kid myself. I'm not great at everything, but what I'm good at, I'm really good at because I, I focus on going from good to great in the little lanes that, that I'm good at. And that's what we should all do. So. So talk about, you said you'll, you'll stay with it until the wheels fall off. Yeah. But obviously at some point you realize that, oh my gosh, we, we just lost a wheel. Do you readjust or how do you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if we look at the example of the first time I quit corporate, when I'm uh, the house in Indiana is up on the third floor, which is like a finished bonus room. And I remember looking at the spreadsheet for our bills going, we owe X and I literally have nothing. That's a problem. So, uh, yeah, in that case, there's nothing else to ride. Like the wheels are off and the, the train's scooting off the track. I actually had to reach out to one of my aunts and say, hey, can you help us buy food for a couple of months while I figure some things out? Because the kids were small. I leveraged uh, you know, her emotion for that a little bit. She's like, I'll help you for six months on food, but the rest is on you and then you're done. So um, I had to get a job about five months in because I was like, this is going to work. But I was like selling guns and tools and doing landscaping. I was at FedEx and I was working my face off. But I just couldn't make enough money fast enough to keep it going. So in that case, I failed. It's over. Got to pivot and go to plan B. Okay, so it, you also made a reference earlier that you've got a team in place now. Yeah. So this yeah. is like, how many years are we fast forwarding through this? So year? we are eight years this month. Okay, well, congratulations to you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. That, that's you, and to your wife, I would like to say, because I'm yeah. sure she's been along with the journey as well. And yeah. I'm married to a serial entrepreneur, so I can relate that uh, we're in it together. The ups, yep. the downs, and then people just think it's an overnight success, and it's yep. not. I always tell people this overnight, as long as overnight's eight years, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yours is shorter. I like to say an overnight success is, I don't know, 15 years. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, y'all got lucky. I'm like, no, it was just ugly and y'all didn't see it. Yeah. So, look, nothing to do with it. Yeah. Well, maybe we stick to it long enough. That we can get the wheels back on eventually if we try enough stuff. Um Tell me about the team and and how do you go to building out this team? So we've we've fast forwarded eight years. You talk about, you know, I imagine you're delegating at this point of being able to get that out. But like, how are you building this team? And, and can you talk about that? Yeah, so it's interesting. So one thing, like I said earlier, I liked about HR was the hiring. And I think I got to hire, 
I worked in a lot of like warehousing and high turnover environments. So I think I think I got to hire about 3,500 people in my years in HR, which is great. It's great experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I always had ideas on like the company. Some companies would let me do it, some wouldn't. But to be able to to have own my process, complete freedom around the hiring is great. So it's me and my wife and seven, seven others. So there's nine of us. And it's all ladies, but I actually just hired a guy last night. So guys usually don't work out in our company because the other ladies run them out if they're no good. So it is uh, my management style is that I don't have a management style. I'm like, here's the reins, run it like it's your company. If it doesn't work, we'll figure it out really quick. But it's a freedom first business. So and people all the time will say, well, that'll never work. I'm like, it's working now. And it's always employees that say that that don't have a business all the time. People argue with me. So we have um, three managers. Um, they're all military wives, except for one. But we have three military uh, families on the team, all in the southeast. I didn't plan this. It just worked out this way. And I give everybody enough rope to hang themselves, so to speak. Right. And that's probably not even a good analogy. Um, I give them all complete creative freedom. Right. So if this is what we're doing, I don't even have an idea. Figure out your own process. Here's my process. Find a better one. Do whatever you like. I don't care about their process. Because I've learned about myself, the creative process is the most important thing. When somebody takes that away from me, I feel dead inside. And I'm not going to do that to anybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's all virtual. All my client facing team is U.S. based. So we have uh, two in the Philippines, one in video editing and one in uh, some back end fulfillment for our marketing automation stuff. Everybody's really cool. And let's say somebody wants to work 30 hours a week. Um, we let them work up to 30 a week. But if they want to work less, they want to take time off, just do it. You don't need to ask my permission. So it's like the complete absence of management. But what you do is you build this culture of my three managers have enough ownership that they keep an eye on things. Like they run it as if it's their company. So the one litmus test I give them is, uh, or the one, yeah, one litmus test I give them, if there's a situation, collaborate with each other by yourselves, protect the empire. So pretend it's your company. What do you think you should do and roll with it? And sometimes they'll still run stuff by me, but they don't need to. I'm like, do go for it. I don't care. And it, it seems crazy, but it works really well. So my most tenured person has been with me almost four years. And I have another one right behind her three years. So people don't leave very often. It's pretty, pretty unlikely. And as we grow, I like to try to impact their lives, uh, obviously impact the clients as well, and just allow them to make great money on their terms. So it's, uh, it's easy to do when you do it, when you do it well. And we've never had a team meeting either. All right. Now I'm just curious, like how, how are you able to delegate yeah. effectively with that kind of structure? Or like you said, not necessarily a management structure because people yeah. struggle with just being able to delegate. So how do you delegate effectively with well, this? I've reached, so I've always been good at it, but now I've reached a point where I don't have time or any interest not to. So, what I'm good at and what I do in our company is the marketing and the sales. So fulfillment is, was the biggest challenge I ever had to overcome. Um, so we have client success managers and client success teammates. So when we have a client project come on, the managers created this process themselves, right? I wasn't involved, but they do like a round robin. Hey, this is my client. I'm going to do all this stuff. So it was a process to build that confidence and build the video training system that we use over time. And, um, you know, at this point, it's like people just, you know, if, if there's a need we have, like just as an example, this week or you know, this week, um, I was like, we need a short form video editor. We're going to start doing reels. I'm going to buy a new camera because it's an easy way to get more content. I like video. 
So I was like, we don't really have anybody with that skill set, so we're going to go find somebody new. And I did. I just checked their stuff for this podcast, and it looks freaking awesome. So uh, in that in that example, I don't have time. I don't have the skill set. Nobody in the team has the interest, so we're just going to find somebody new. So um, they get to own that, and as I find other things their skills overlap with, they'll say, hey, do you want to do this too? You want Okay, now this is your thing. So I try to keep people engaged by giving them for task variety and different stuff to do. So. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question or if I'm just rambling. No, it's perfect. It made me think of another question kind of along the way, which is how do you, and I hope you like to make decisions. So I'm just feel like I should adjust <laughs> and throw questions at you and just see how you yeah. decide. Um, so you said you got to build the confidence as part yeah. of that delegation. How do you, how in the world do you build confidence with these people? With time, because for everybody that, that you know, everybody who's new, when I tell them like, this is how we operate, no one's ever heard of that before. So it's weird, right? Like people will say, Hey, uh, I'm thinking about taking a vacation with my family next week. Is that okay? I'm like, are we married? Why don't you ask your husband? And they're like, I I really don't have to ask permission. I'm like, you're a contract. You don't work for me. So I create this environment that we all work together. I just happen to own the company, right? I don't, I don't talk down to people. I mean, a strong woman's not going to put up with that shit. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it makes it really easy, but it takes time for people to get used to it. I'm gonna say it takes about six months for them to start to go, okay, this is real. This is a lot of freedom, and the people that can't handle the freedom that like disappear, you usually see it within within a month. You're gonna be like, this ain't gonna work. So, but for the people whose personality it does work with, it's great. So it takes time. It takes uh, time. We use Voxer, which is a voice app, and we use Slack. And on Voxer, you get to know these people really well. We talk all the time. A lot of stuff's not even work related. It's just life. So you become really good friends with these these core teammates. So uh, it's a process. All right. I got to I just started using Boxer last week and it's taken me a while. I'm like, oh, I'm talking into Boxer as if this is a text message and I'm telling it to do periods and everything else <laughs> because I have trained myself to do voice to text, emails, text messages and everything else. And then I, of course, it sends, and I'm like, oh no, no, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so I think it's fantastic. Um, and then last night I'm sending a boxer, and this is another me learning how to do boxer. And my dog, I have a lab, and she drinks water like a camel, and she's in the background, and I'm like, oh gosh, is this going on boxer too? <laughs> so people are like learning about me in ways that are just real life. So when you talk about Boxer and using this app, it's fantastic. Um, And I feel like it streamlines so many things. I don't need to send buckets and buckets of emails anymore. I can just send that message and it's fantastic. So that's interesting when you brought that up. That makes me kind of laugh. Even through Slack, um, you can drop voice memos through Slack. Slack's probably my favorite tool of all. We have about 30 Slack workspaces right now. So you become really efficient with it, but being able to drop Loom videos or voice voice memos through Slack is great. So I always wanted to build a business on cloud-based apps so the whole thing's virtual. And we've done that, right? Our business is, so I'm in Georgia. Our business is based in Wyoming. All of our LLCs are, so for tax purposes. Yeah. So you're speaking all my language with Loom and, and all this good stuff. I love it. Um, and you're right. You don't have to get up really early and work super, 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 super hard for 14 hours a day. If you can figure out how to embrace technology and what is available to us. Yep. With that in mind, 
you've talked about delegation, confidence, but you also said it takes time. So here's another question for you. Talk about time management because people struggle with time management every single day. Yep. And it is a topic that we can't get rid of. So do you mind talking about your time management? What's working? What suggestions do you have? Yeah, great question. No, I don't mind. Um, let's see. So like anything good in life, relationships, cigars, bourbon, wine, all of them have one thing in common. To get a good product, it takes time. There's no way to speed it up. Right. Would you agree? Totally. Same thing applies in business. Like I literally, so when I quit corporate the first time, I was making about 80,000 a year. And for us in the Midwest, that was like a lot of money back then. Right. And I was like, hey, wife, I'll recover this income monthly in two months. I just made that up. I don't know where I came up with two months, but it took like two years. Right. And there's no way I could have foreseen the two years. But my point is, patience is not one of my strengths at all, especially not in business. But the timeline for stuff is unknown. We can't control everything. So do you and know that you're going to, you may have to go three months. You may go 13 years before what you want happens, but consistency is a key there. So um, what I do now with my time. Um, so now, you know, and this is a big mistake I see with people. I was actually talking to a friend about this yesterday, but if your business is not profitable, your number one focus needs to be making money. Right. It took me a long time to gather that, because if you have no income, if you're not profitable, you're just an just working on an expensive hobby. So most businesses go under within five years because they run out of time or money. But it usually boils down to money. Right. So focus on figuring out what your offer is and get start making sales because revenue cures all problems in business. You need help. You can hire people. I mean, it really does. It's really good advice. That somebody gave me so. My day now is interesting. I have a seasoned team that knows how to fulfill. They have a great ownership. It didn't happen overnight, but these days, um, calls or you know what I do. So it can be podcasts like this one, sales calls, existing client calls. So that's going to be part of my day, and the calendar will dictate that. Then I'll jump into um, any customer service stuff that my team's like, we need your help, that type of stuff. And then I'm usually working on new offers and new marketing stuff. So. Um, I try to knock out three important things a day in business. You know, if I, I used to set these big goals of like a notepad that I just use daily to scratch up, I would set like 10 goals a day and I'd always feel like a failure because I'm like, God, I didn't accomplish all 10. So I finally started having this revelation. I was like, this is a crazy amount of stuff. Like nobody can accomplish all this stuff in a day. So I said, why don't I just pick three items? And if I can accomplish one thing, it's still forward progress, right? Forward progress is all we're celebrating. So Let's focus on three big things. If we knock those out, we'll add two more, but we'll stop at five. And again, it's uh, it's me realizing that this game is a marathon, not a sprint. So you've got to pace yourself. But like throughout the day, I'll get up and go fish. I'll go eat lunch. I break it up a lot. Um, these days, I try not to sit here at the desk for more than a couple hours in a row. It just uh, I want to be 100% every time I'm in the seat. I think that's great advice. You gave, you gave a lot of good pieces of advice within that answer and we could break it all down but i'm going to keep rolling how do you i'm just curious you've got the presence of a lifelong learner it sounds like yep. you're accelerating through this stuff talk about it because i love to be able to to kind of hear where are people learning how do you how do you stay on top of everything and what's yeah. fueling you for that yeah as far as learning um some of the best advice i can give anybody is 
talk, I mean, it's, it's natural to talk to family and friends about stuff in business, but I'm going to caution you strongly. If they're not in business and more successful than you, don't talk to them about business. I was at a conference in Scottsdale, a retreat that I spoke at last week and a guy in the room, I found out quietly sold his business for $75 million. He made a recommendation on a book to buy. I bought the book right there, right? So if you, you should take advice from people that are doing what you wanna do. And it's, uh, I learned that way. So I can't consume content all day, I'm a busy guy, but I try to learn and model people that are doing the things I wanna do the right way. So I don't know if that helps, but um, yeah, I would rather create content all day than consume it. So you can either be a consumer creator, it's hard to be both at the same time. I think that's very valuable, especially with, you've got to validate these people have actually done this work. So many people are just talking about it and nobody's really yeah. doing it when you dig down to it. So yeah. yeah, when you validate it and then they can give advice, like, yeah, I love to take it and run with it and see where it takes you next. All yeah. right. So you specialize in kind of, I'm just going to turn for just a little bit, um, the digital um um, advertisement for real estate and marketing with that. Can you kind of talk about it? Because I love real estate and I just kind of like yeah. to hear a little bit about, you know, what, talk about that a little bit more. Sure. So we do very niche digital marketing for real estate investors. So mm -hmm. we work on the back end of the sales funnel. So what happens after people join your email list? So we work with real estate investors, especially ones that have a capital raising focus to their business, uh, specifically in a program called Active Campaign. So it is a CRM, it's an email marketing automation tool. So we basically created our own niche because we saw there was a demand and nobody was serving it. And uh, hey, what do you know, it works. So we're going to kind of replicate that blue ocean model, as we call it, with some other industries um, that we're seeing opportunities to. So here's what's neat. I've worked with 152 real estate investors with our offer in the last 22 months. And uh, by doing that, by talking about real estate investing and tax advantages and depreciation and all these cool things every day, I become a passive investor myself. So mm -hmm. last year we got into a 121 door unit in Chattanooga, Tennessee, multifamily, which is pretty cool apartment complex. Uh, we also have a sister company called Wind River Equity Partners. And we are actually working with accredited investors to raise money for our own short-term rental fund. So um, yeah, we came into the game as digital marketers. Um, we've kind of established ourselves as go-to experts with marketing automation in the space. Then, you know, by nature of hanging out with these people, we're investors now as well. Uh, we're actually looking to acquire a, a short-term rental of our own for like a long-term hold for our family this year. So it could be as high up as Hilton Head. It could be as far south as uh, mid-Florida on the Atlantic side. So we're using data to identify the best opportunities, not emotion, using data. And it's fun stuff, fun stuff for sure. So. That is fun. Are you looking at the tax sales coming up nowadays? Uh, no, not tax sales per se. Um, just looking at existing condos in the coastal area. So I'm using a tool called AirDNA to kind of show me where the best buys are and why. And I've got some in the team aggregating that data weekly so we can see trends as they move up and down. So I'm kind of nerding out on that right now. How fun is that? Yeah. I want to teach my kids. I'm going to say, hey, um, not, yeah, next week we're going to go look at condos. You're going to come with us. I want you to see the process. I want to teach yeah. you how to create um an income stream with real estate that has great tax advantages that you can either sell you can refi money out of or you can keep for the long haul i'm going to completely change their whole world with uh introducing that to them i like that approach we um we've built houses and and 
he wasn't around for <laughs> the 15 years before. <laughs> so he doesn't, hasn't seen all of it, but to be able for him to be, my, our son to be able to see this process and to be able oh. to learn from it and to know that there's just different options out there. Yeah. Um, and business can take you in a lot of different ways. And I love, you know, how you're just layering it on there and bringing, bringing people with you along the way. Cause that's how we all learn. That's how we all get a little bit better. Yeah. And that's how we can keep paying it forward. So sounds Absolutely. like you're paying it forward now. Trying to. Nice. Um, all right. So if someone wants to learn more about you and the work that you're doing, Jason, what's the best way for them to connect? Yep. My front porch, as I call it, is uh, intentionallyinspirational.com. You can see all the things we're into. There's some uh, some interesting things going on there. So if you're a curious person, I've uh, I've laid the, laid the trap there for you. Fantastic. I love it. All right, Jason Wright, you are the founder and CEO of Intentionally Inspirational, found on the web at intentionallyinspirational.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a great time. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you like it, please subscribe, share this episode or this show with other people around you. The greatest form of a compliment is a referral. I really appreciate them. And if you think that you want to learn more about some of the work we're doing, I encourage you to reach out to KatherineCanty.com. You can schedule a call or just continue to read articles and information that we post out there. Thank you so much for being here.